right, and I'm Harrison Fagan, and welcome into the first inaugural episode of Lakers Explained, a new podcast on the Silver Screen and Roll feed that I will be hosting, I guess, because I thought Christian would <laughs> lead us in, and then he did not. Um, I guess I will be hosting, Christian will be co-hosting, which actually does fit with the tone of today's show. Um, the Lakers Explained thing, I really quickly off the top want to explain where that name came from in the spirit of this podcast. Um Christian and I were basically batting around names. Something, you know, subject, comma, explained is a very Vox Media thing. Like, they're kind of known for it across these brands, SB Nation, Vox itself, all of our other, you know, properties. And we just thought that it would be a fun way and lens to approach, like, whatever the current Lakers topic of the day is. So today, that's what we're going to be going through. And we are going to be doing Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith's Lakers courtship explained. But before we get to that, Christian, I want to give you an opportunity to talk. Um, how's it going? How excited are you for the podcast? There is a right answer. Yeah, there's there's nothing that says fun more than just like a meta inside joke about Vox Media's <laughs> like operations. That well, screams we're gonna have, fun. We're going to have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, um, I enjoy doing podcasts. I host one on uh, or while I record one on Wednesdays, it goes up on Thursdays, uh, and uh, it's called Can You Dig It? It's really good, um, and now I have this one, which um, it, you used to record with Anthony, so I'm, I'm sure this will be much more smooth sailing for you than uh, than your last run-ins with podcasts. Yeah, it's like Lakers explained, let's explain the upgrade key, and that's basically <laughs> what we just did um, with this co-host swap. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Anthony is back on this feed. Him and I will host shows together at times, but today it is Christian and I, and you know, now we're two minutes in. We gotta get to this. J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters uh, are both free agents. They were both, well, J.R. Smith was bought out by his team quite a while ago. Dion Waiters was bought out a little bit more recently. Crucially, they were both bought out before the March 1st deadline for players to be bought out and sign with the playoff team. That is why the Lakers bought out Troy Daniels yesterday, so that he would have a chance to catch on with the playoff team and not have that eligibility get in the way. That is why it is uh, really sad for Jordan Bell, who was waived by the Timberwolves today yeah. <laughs> and is thus no not eligible to join a playoff team uh, today as of when we're recording this, which is Monday. Um, also on Monday, the Lakers worked out both Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith in something that was somewhat of a surprise. According to reports, it sounds like, you know, Dion, uh, uh, mainly from Shams Karani of The Athletic, it sounds like Dion explained to, you know, Frank Vogel, Rob Palenka, and Kurt Rambis has officially <laughs> entered the brain trust. He is getting name drops. Senior Lakers basketball advisor, Kurt Rambis, Dion explained to them, you know, everything that happened with the Heat, why that's not going to happen again. Uh, JR apparently also impressed in his workout. And I, I guess like, uh, I think Tanya Ganguly of the Los Angeles Times said that it was just like kind of a conversation with Vogel and Rambis off to the side or Vogel and Palinka off to the side after he shot around and had, did his workout. So, you know, they went through all of that today. And um, I guess like Christian, you have dug into this a lot more for some editorials than I have. Um, and so I want to let you lead us off, but like, we're going to do this show and we're going to make the case for Dion Waiters, the case against Dion Waiters, the case for J.R. Smith, the case against J.R. Smith, and then the case for standing Pat. So like, let's start out. I mean, who do you want to start out with? Uh, we can start off with J.R. just because that's who I've spent probably the most time uh, researching. 
and right, well, I, make as you did in your excellent article for silverscreenandroll.com, a fine Lakers website. Make the case <laughs> for J.R. Smith. Well, I think the case for J.R. is pretty easy, and I think it's a little easier with how Carmelo Anthony's played this season. I think the biggest question mark with J.R. Smith is he hasn't played in almost two years. It was November 2018 is the last time he played on a really, really bad Cleveland Cavaliers team. Um, and and with the way Carmelo Anthony's played after sitting out virtually a season, obviously two different caliber players like Carmelo Anthony's peak was much higher than J.R. Smith's, uh, you know, with, at, at their prime. But I think J.R. Smith, the the way he played before he just stopped playing for a year, not by his own choice, of course. But uh, when you compare those two situations, I think the biggest question mark for Carmelo Anthony was can he buy into a complimentary role uh, and just, you know, knock down open three pointers, things, things of that nature. And I think the general consensus was probably not because he hasn't for, he didn't with the Houston Rockets, didn't do it with with OKC. Uh, And that question's already been answered with J.R. Smith during his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and playing Yeah, that's that. what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, he, he absolutely did that during his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. So, and I think that's that's the biggest thing J.R. Smith has going for him is that, no, he hasn't played in a year, but he's shown that he's willing to buy into whatever role uh, is given to him. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, obviously, a, a pretty prolific three-point shooter and not a, an inaccurate three-point shooter. He's around 37% for his career. Uh, which is good, and I, I think it's only like assuming that holds true. If he if he signed with the Lakers, it's only like one percent less than what Danny Green's shooting this season. Uh, obviously, not on the same volume, but I mean he's capable of it. Ranks thirteenth all time on the NBA three point field goal list, which is pretty good. Um, and he's he just at least compared to Dion Waiters, if the Lakers find themselves in a really tough situation where for whatever god-awful reason, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Danny Green, and LeBron James just can't play, aren't healthy. The whole bench gets ejected for some wild celebration they did. Um, <laughs> J.R. Smith is a good, in case of emergency, option at the wing, at least compared to Dion Waiters. Yeah, that's a, okay, that's a real emergency then. So you are, <laughs> like, it sounds like, not necessarily high on J.R. Smith being able to contribute, you know, in a normal playoff run, but if the Lakers lose several guys, you're thinking that he can come in and at least have a chance to get hot, I guess. Well, so I think J.R. Smith has the biggest room for just blowing everybody's expectations out of the water because that's really not a question with Deion Waiters. With Deion Waiters... I was just going to say, he's also played with LeBron before, which, like, does lessen the learning. It's not like the Lakers run exactly what the Cavaliers run, but, like... You play with LeBron James in similar ways, kind of no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And Jr. is a guy that's done that before, which you would think would lessen the learning curve, which is another, you know, if we're throwing things in the pros column, like that goes in there. Yeah, I mean, having the ability to know how LeBron James passes and operates, being able to move off the ball, which he did really well in Cleveland, uh, is not uh, a, like, invaluable skill. Like, it, it's it's a really, really big plus for him. And I think with him, if if they can 
recreate that magic in Los Angeles. I don't think it's close between him and Dion Waiters because we know what Dion Waiters is. I mean, he's only, he only played four games this season, but the four games he played has has been what he's been basically since he came into the league or at the very least the last five years, even during his, his five years in Miami as a guy that can create the ball a bit, get to the rim uh, on occasion, and then, you know, shoot the three ball some. Uh, but I, I, I may be in the minority here, but I don't know if that's the guy the Lakers need. Uh, but there's definitely some some pluses to to Dion too. Well, before we get too far down the road to those, let's like right. I think going back to Jr. Like a lot of this because of what you talked about, he's been gone for like basically a year and a half um, out of the league, and you know like a lot of this is going to depend on what the Lakers saw in that workout and how much they're able to weigh that and right. be like, okay, this guy's ready to play NBA basketball. Like I, we don't really have any details about what went on in this workout. We heard that he impressed that both of them impressed, but like, what does that really mean? You know, yeah. like we don't know what drills they went through. We don't know if they were scrimmaging against G league guys or other workout candidates or assistant coaches or what, like we have no details on what actually happened in these workouts, which is fine. I'm not saying yeah. that we're owed those details, it's just that means that it's basically on the Lakers to whatever they put him through to be able to evaluate how that will translate potentially to an NBA game or at least to an NBA team. And the other thing is like gauging the sincerity of not just Jr. but both of these guys. And we'll get to the Dion stuff a little bit later on, but like both of these guys and committing and not making a problem if they aren't playing, I yeah. feel like Jr. Smith, just if we're psychoanalyzing this completely from the outside is an easier sell to me that he would just completely subjugate whatever ego he has to come in and play a role like that because he has been, you know, out of the NBA for so long. It's one of these things where it's like mellow. It's like, you know, the league is telling you what you have to do with its actions. And you're a little bit more willing if you feel like maybe it's over to yeah. come in and do whatever it takes to stay on a little longer. For sure. And I, I think that's an excellent point because, J.R. Smith is 34 years old, uh, which is one of the cons of the Lakers signing him. I mean, being out of the league for a year is one thing. Being 34 is another, unless, like, you're LeBron James. Um, but no, I, that, that is, that is an, uh, an interesting point, because I think J.R. is at the point of his career where even if he's the 15th man on a championship team, like, that's still an experience that, at that stage of your career have after having sat out a year that you just don't get to be a part of very often, unless you're like James Jones. Yeah. You still get to take your shirt off at the championship yeah. parade. It doesn't matter <laughs> how many minutes you played. You get to take your shirt off at the championship parade, which I think we learned after the Cavs won a title is probably the most important part of winning a championship to J.R. Smith. Um, <laughs> I, I think like I, the other thing too, is like, he's just like, he's a lower usage guy. Like you talked in your article and made the point. Well, if he's a guy that's not afraid to take a shot, but he's also a guy that like, doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to do that. Like he'll fire them up. Like if he gets the ball, but um, he's a guy that like, he's played with LeBron. He can come in in a playoff game and just kind of like slot in for one of these guys. Like you're not necessarily having to completely change what you do offensively, even if he's like a very different player than a lot of the guys have, and probably isn't as strong defensively as most of the Lakers wings. Actually, that's, that's not even a problem. Probably he isn't, yeah. <laughs> um, but he could like you can kind of if you squint, you can see how he go jumps in there. If, you know, like, let's say like knock on wood, but Danny Green like sprains an ankle for a yeah. game or something like that. Like he's a guy that you could unearth from the bench and just like, you know, like archetype wise could fit in. 
Yeah, because you look at you look at the type of player Waiters is. He's kind of a faux point guard. With Jr., you can you can slide him in at the two or the three uh, the positions that. I mean, at shooting guard, the Lakers are pretty deep at, but as far as the three goes, uh, they don't have too much depth. So even if it's it's to get LeBron James more minutes with like Kyle Kuzma or Markeith Morris, um, you know, that, that five minute gap where he needs that rest and the other guys are just gassed. Um, I, I think that's someone they can plug and play. And, uh, you know, who knows how much he actually has left in the tank, but. Uh, the J.R. Smith of almost two years ago is, is a better player than Troy Daniels, I think, um, in part because the the thing that was frustrating about Troy Daniels is that he was like for his career, he's been an outstanding three point shooter, didn't do that at a particularly high rate while he was with the Lakers. Uh, but I mean, that's really all he could do. Other than J- like, we'll always have that game against the Magic. <laughs> right, right, right. And and with J.R. Smith, the thing that that stood out to me that I don't believe uh, made it into the story, and it's it's my own fault, is is the way he can sc- score. It's not just three point shots. Um, I don't know if he's as crafty around the rim as he used to be. Again, at thirty four years yeah, old, yeah, I'd say probably not. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he he does have a a bag of trips or, or like a bag of tricks he can he can dip into like uh, he made fifty five point one percent of his step back jumpers in the last full season he played, uh, which if if you look at the Lakers roster I think the only guy I'd feel comfortable taking a step back jumper is AD in the post and LeBron James from outside the three point line so. Kyle Kuzma just punched a wall somewhere. He's just <laughs> mad that like you left him out of that group, but no, uh, I, I'd say it's justified. Um, all right, let, let's now. I'm going to ask you to do something that you know sometimes we have to do as writers and storytellers, and uh, you know just overall brilliant minds. But I'm going to ask you to argue <laughs> against yourself. And what is the case would you say against Jr. Because like if it was me, I would lead with he's been out of the league almost two years at right. this point. Yeah, yeah. You know he's older. Uh, like what what else are we looking at here as far as like why the Lakers should not sign Jr. Smith? Uh, well, he's been pretty terrible on defense for like most of his career uh i don't know if it's any worse than troy daniels has been or was like the the thing i'll give troy daniels is that he tried like that's the reason he was ahead in the rotation uh or ahead of quinn cook in the rotation i should say at least in my opinion i have no um you know, sourcing on that, but it, I mean, it really... honestly, that one you could probably lie about and get away because <laughs> who's ever going to prove it wrong? You know, but, like yeah, it, it really did. Just came down to to effort on the defensive end for Troy Daniels, and you know, there were times he he just wasn't horrible on that end. But uh, going back to the 2017-18 season, the last full season game, uh, full season J.R. Smith played, uh, the Cavaliers were 7.2 points per per. 100 possessions better with J.R. Smith on the floor or with J.R. Smith off the floor. Like, that's a lot. That's in the eighth percentile in the league, uh, according to Cleaning the Glass. So, yeah, I mean, 
I think I'm get. I think I'm putting the pieces together, and that's probably why he threw that bowl of soup at his coach. Like he probably <laughs> read him that stat, and like while J.R. Smith was, you know, eating a bowl of like I don't know tomato soup or whatever it was. I don't remember which one it was. Oh, but, I don't remember. But I think they did confirm. I think Brian Windhorst said it was like French onion or something. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds the right worst, to me. The worst I, soup get thrown at you. Yeah, I am. I am reporting that Brian Windhorst reported that it was French <laughs> onion. Going aggregators second. at it again. Yeah, exactly. The aggregators have struck again. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's, I mean, like, is there anything? I mean, that's probably it, like, against him, right? Like, it's just age, you know, hasn't played in forever. He's not a good defender. It looked like, based on looking at the numbers that you put in your article, he's really not that great of a two-point shooter overall, even if it sounds like he was pretty good on step backs. Yeah, and and th- that's the that's the danger with having... Uh, a bag you can go to is that sometimes you get a little carried away and with the type of shooter J.R. Smith is and the confidence that he has it's very easy for him to do that uh, ideally he just take three-point shots and and when the shot clock's winding down and it calls for it creates a shot for himself but yeah ideally three-point shots and shots at the rim are it for him uh, and the reason he's not he likely won't I don't think either of these guys will play meaningful minutes if they do something's gone either terribly wrong or like really, really, really well for one of them. Yeah. I I think that, I mean, I I think that's absolutely true. Like ultimately we are, and we'll get into this more later, but we are talking about like the 15th roster spot, like essentially replacing, not even really replacing Troy Daniels because like Markeith Morris kind of almost did that, even though Troy wasn't really playing and they're going to re they're going to remove some minutes around and whatever. But like, essentially this is replacing DeMarcus Cousins who was like literally not playing this season and was not going to play this season ever at all. He just wasn't. And yeah. like, we'll do it. We'll do an explained on his injury at some point. But um, I want to move on. We are going to take a trip to an exotic destination uh, in our next segment. We are going to Waiters Island and we are going to do that really quick after uh, this short break. All right, Christian, Waiters Island has seen some tough times. Um, this used to be a thriving island but also metropolis of plenty of people who were just really loved Dion waiters and would come here and vacation and just enjoy themselves surf on the beach and it was just like an island paradise but it has fallen on some hard times um in recent months and you know it, it's just it's been it's been a tough year for Dion waiters for reasons i think we'll get into but before we get to why waiters island is in disrepair let's talk about like what is the case for Dion waiters here like if the lakers are like they saw this work out he looked great and you know they believe everything that he said about like you know his past transgressions and you know mistakes that he made while with the heat like what what is the case for Dion waiters as far as fitting in this rotation well i think it's pretty evident that the Lakers would benefit from having just one guard that can play a little bit, just a tiny bit of defense, create their own shot, get to the rim, things of that nature. Rajon Rondo can be that sometimes. Like, there's been four or five games he hasn't... He it's playoff mode every 20 games. Yeah. <laughs> where he hasn't like over dribbled the ball out on the perimeter and it, it, it makes no sense because i don't know i don't i don't want to talk about rondo today i think Ron, my my theory my conspiracy theory on rondo if we can get really woke for a second in the middle of this <laughs> beyond waiters thing is rondo 
is like Rondo is playing 4D chess with the rest of the NBA right now. Like he knows that if he plays fast, the Lakers are better, but he doesn't want to do it consistently because then teams are going to have more tape on that and notice it. And right. he's just saving it for when they need it in the playoffs. And then he's going to be like, boom, played well, <laughs> set you up by playing horribly all season. <laughs> you didn't expect this. Like, only, like he only did it basically against like Chris Paul and against like the zombie warriors for five minutes. Like and, other and than that, the, he is the Celtics. against the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, other than that, he's kept, you know, the secretly good version of veteran Rondo shelved. And, you know, I think it's like LeBron James, like taking like some bad shots against the Celtics to set up his game winner. Like Rondo yeah. is just thinking like 300 steps ahead already. And uh, anyway, the case for waiters. Uh, no, that's a good conspiracy. I, I think he's also load managing during the season. Like, obviously, every time you step out on the court, it's a risk. But with the way he plays on both ends of the floor, it's really just like. Especially defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just dribbling the ball and watching, like, encouraging your teammates from the court. Uh, but, yeah, back to Waiters. Um, he's a guy who, for his size at 6'3", and his weight can kind of just push guys around uh, and get to the basket, which is which is what he's done well throughout his career. Uh, his best season came with the Miami Heat during the 2016-17 season, averaged 15.8% or 15.8 points per game on 48.8% shooting um, or effective field goal percentage, which is pretty good. Not terrible. Uh, the, the, the real concern with waiters, I should say, not concern. The biggest question mark is what version of him shows up from behind the three point line. Cause if he can knock down three pointers, attack the basket and play some defense, I think he's a little more valuable in that second unit than Rondo is, uh, especially if you play him alongside Alex Caruso, who can both play the one or the two. Uh, having somebody like that is going to be extremely valuable. The and more he, shooting. Need I remind you, he shot 47.1% from three-point range this year. It was on 17 attempts, <laughs> but, um, you know. Now, I mean, still, yeah, still, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's his most recent stat. Might as well uh, throw it in there. But yeah, yeah just even... ignore all other contexts and just be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's shooting almost fifty percent from three now. For his career, he is thirty-four point eight, <laughs> just for context. Yeah, but I mean, even last season, he shot thirty-seven point seven percent on six point six attempts per game in forty-four appearances. And, uh, not a bad three-point shooter. And the more shooting the Lakers have on this roster, the better. The more ball handling they have without LeBron James on the court is is a, a mega plus. Uh, but the, the biggest question marks with him are, I think, his three-point shooting, his playmaking, and his willingness to accept a role. Uh, because I think where you get into to like choppy waters with waiters is the minutes he's taking away from other guys. Like, who are those guys? Yeah, I mean, and that probably, I guess, would go into the case against him, right? Yeah, for sure. Because it, it, going back to, you know, Smith's, J.R. Smith's uh, positional versatility at the two and three, uh, Dion Waiters, unless you're going super, super, super small, uh, is going to be pretty married to the one and two spot. And that's, I don't know, man. I saw those workout pictures. Like, I, I think he might, I, from like the off season, I think he <laughs> might be ready to play the five. Like, no, we don't know. <laughs> that's like uh, the off-season workout picture of LeBron James when Luke tells you you're going to be playing some five this season. Yeah. No, Dion Waiters was bulking up. He was ready. He It wasn't It wasn't like LeBron was bulking up, but he was bulking up. I, I 
would not feel comfortable. I mean, maybe the Rockets would. If if this Lakers thing doesn't work out, they can always hit up the young Lakers and ask them to play center. They're like, uh, they're like are you under 6'5"? You ready to play the five? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. The I mean, it worked against the Lakers. I, I just yeah. think it was like seeing a unicorn for the first time. You're kind of just stunned for a little bit. And uh, they got doubled up in rebounds on the Knicks tonight and they ended up losing, but it was close. Oh, man, that's incredible. Uh, but yeah, that with the going back to waiters uh, and him playing the one and the two, you look at the guys that, that are at on that play that position right now on the roster. You're talking about Avery Bradley. Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Rondo, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, and Taylor Horton Tucker, who, again, bearing like an something tragic happening. Like Taylor Horton Tucker won't see the court this season. At least he no, should. No, I mean, maybe the, the game that I'm pinning my hopes for the THT debut on are, uh, you know, one of those games in the three day, three games. Yeah, yeah. Night the stretch, back to back like, to back. Yeah, like I'm. That's when I'm ready. It's THT time. Like they're calling up him, Kaycock, like uh, I did a, a, like Costas. Like they're they're ready to go. I, you know, I I'm actually really interested in uh, in seeing what what Taylor Horton Tucker can do at the senior level. Um, and Kaycock, man, like I tweeted before the season started that I thought it was going to be a while until he was an NBA prospect, and I think that's still probably true, just because he can't shoot, like. Thomas Robinson isn't in the league, and they're pretty similar players. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely love to see some baby Lakers at the end of the season, uh, especially because there's there are so few baby Lakers now. It's like that's it's him. It's Taylor Horton yeah, Tucker. Yeah, we might we might see the THT Dion starting backcourt. Like if they <laughs> sign these guys or THT Jr. Smith or something. Like if Jr. isn't being load managed by that. Point. Oh man, if Jr. Smith starts a game this season, it's another scenario where something went terribly wrong. No, can just... you imagine? Okay, so like <laughs> let, let, before we go back, sorry, I know we're diverting tremendously <laughs> from Dion, but that's what we're gonna do here, as you all probably learn. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to see the THT. JR, um, Costas, Kaycock. Like, I'm trying to think of what person we're going to throw in here at the three. Um, but I don't know. Quinn Cook, let's get really weird. Yeah. THT will guard the opposing small forward against and, the uh, Rockets. Like, yeah, against like, you know, some like the Bulls or something. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that would be the most lit starting lineup of all time. I feel like Lakers Twitter would be more excited for that at that point oh, in yeah. the season than like actually watching the, the real, very, very good team. Yeah. Cause they're like, two game two wins away from clinching so i mean yeah. they're fine uh yeah, they're fine. <laughs> but, anyway back to waiters island <laughs> back to waiters island where sea levels are rising because of man-made <laughs> climate change um but yeah it's it's if waiters minutes come at the expense of rondo i'd be a little suspicious because i think him and Quinn Cook are similar in a lot of ways. It's just Waiters gets the slight edge because he tries a little harder on defense. It's ironic because his best game of the season came against, or sorry, his best game of the season, one of the three games he played this season and did well in uh, was against the Clippers. And he had like a lockdown defensive possession against Lou Williams where he just shut him down. No, he can and, play defense every so yeah. often. Like, that's something that, that's a level that Quinn Cook doesn't have. Quinn's a better shooter by right, far. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, like, Dion, like Dion brings different stuff. Yeah, and I think... You know, I just don't buy that he's actually going to play over Rondo. 
Yeah, I don't buy that he's going to play over Rondo. Um, if if defense is what you're looking for, I don't think he's much of an improvement over Alex Russo. Few players are, and that's not hyperbole. I, I, like, I genuinely do not think that there's a chance that he's an improvement over Caruso. Like at yeah. this point in the year, like unless Caruso, like this hamstring injury continues to get worse, there's no way he's going to be better than Caruso. Yeah, and and that was that was the same argument for Tyler Johnson, who's still a free agent. It's like yeah. he's a light version of Alex Caruso. Like, why sign him? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, like, let's let's get into the case against Dion, and I think that's part of it. It's like, who is he going to play over? If he's taking minutes from Caruso, then I feel like that's, like, a like lateral move at best, but right. probably a downgrade uh-huh. um, at this point, which is, like, crazy to say about a guy that was, like, as promising as Dion was at one mm-hmm. point in his career. But, like, that's kind of where we're at. Caruso is really valuable, and, like, he does a lot of important things on the floor for this team that make them better. The other stuff... And, you know, Dion apparently had to get into this with the uh, with the big three of Palinka and Vogel and uh, and uh, Rambis. But he like, you know, let, I'm just going to go through Dion Waiters 2019 20 so, uh, season so far. So he began the year by getting suspended for the Heat's opener for conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, he responded to that suspension by taking shots at the team on Instagram and then was later given a 10-game suspension after having a panic attack because he ate a THC-infused edible on the team plane. Uh, he apologized following that suspension, but then was suspended a third time because he posted an Instagram photo of himself on a boat after telling Heat officials he couldn't practice because he was sick, and then he was salary-dumped to the Memphis Grizzlies, who then cut him. Um it yeah. has not been a great year for Kobe Wade, which is also Dion Waiters' <laughs> amazing nickname that he gave himself. It told his, it like insisted that his college teammates call him Kobe Wade because he was a combination of the two. In true spirit of Kobe being Bryant, because Kobe gave himself the Mamba nickname, and it's yeah. I mean, honestly, that was the most Kobe thing he could have done was just <laughs> created a nickname for himself and demanded people start calling it. I, I remember when Kobe tried to get Vino going. It, ne- it never caught on for me. Yeah, I mean, it, like I saw, I saw like uh, that was one of the ones where like the beat reporters were using it. But yeah, I think <laughs> that's about a... as far as that one extended. Uh, but yeah, it, it it definitely is where the minutes are coming from that are so important. And I think there are very few minutes there for him. Uh, and and I, I just don't know if the same can be said of, of Jr. like. There are going to be those five-minute stretches where LeBron, need, LeBron needs extra rest, or you know, Kyle Kuzma just isn't going to be available that night because uh, it's a long 82-game season and, and things happen. Uh, I think somebody that can play the three is probably just a, a more dire need for this team. Not as much anymore because they're moving Kuz to the three, which I'm not sure how it's going to work out. Like it looked fine against the Celtics, but like. Like just just playing pretend for a little bit. Lakers go out with Lakers take all five of their starters out, put a full bench mob in. Don't know where where Dion Waiters fits into that. It would have to be like the best version of this would have to be Alex Caruso, Dion Waiters, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, and Dwight Howard. And that's a scenario where Rondo doesn't play, which the, isn't it just, it's just not gonna it's happen. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that that's, like, honestly, I think now we're getting towards the point that, like, we're making the case for standing pat. And, like, I think if you were going to make a case for the Lakers not doing anything, it's basically that, and, like, I I don't even necessarily agree with this, but, like, Troy Daniels wasn't really playing significant minutes. He wasn't going to play a significant playoff role. Like, that's why they let him go. That's why he was willing to be let go and why it seems like it was pretty amicable. Yeah. Um, and, like, are J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters, like, really going to be fine? They're saying that they're going to be fine. But this Lakers team, like, has kind of staked its season on its chemistry mm-hmm. and not wanting to mess with that. And does bringing in another guy who, whether they would grouse about not having a role or not, whether they'd play over Rondo or not, like, that potentially disrupts that ecosystem for kind of like a marginal talent at best. Like, is that worth it? I would argue that, like, I still think it probably is worth the chance just so that you have the extra live body, like, if you need it. But I also think, like, that is a not insignificant risk. And it doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't sign someone, but it is something that the Lakers have to factor in when kind of gauging both of these personalities and bringing them into the locker room. Yeah, especially the type of personalities they are. Like, they both have, they both had, their share of antics on and off the court. Like J.R. Smith was fined a sum of money for untying a player's shoes on the court. Like never forget. <laughs> that's just, that's just the type of guy the coach, as we covered. Like, you know, <laughs> he he's done his own share of like, you know, it's like it's stuff that gets you memed. Like he forgot the score in a final the show, forgot yeah. the clock in a finals game, you know? Like these guys are not available because they can't miss NBA things. And I think sometimes that's something that we miss when talking about like it's like, oh, shiny new toy. Like here's all the good things that they do yeah. and that's gonna help the Lakers and da da da. But like you also have to factor in that like these guys are available for a reason. They aren't perfect players by any means and most likely they aren't going to play and could potentially disrupt the chemistry like that's they should i i still would argue that they should bring one in but they have to be like you know judicious about this decision and it's not like a can't miss thing yeah and i saw somebody tweet today that if if the lakers do sign somebody i hope it would be on a 10-day just because they have that luxury of of signing guys to 10-day contracts yeah, they could take a look. Like, you know, it's like no, there's nothing pro- – I actually had not thought about that yet, but that is something that they could do. And maybe they take a look at both of these guys before deciding which one they want to bring in for the entire stretch run. Or maybe they cut someone else to, like, sign both of them, which I think is probably unlikely, but yeah. it is theoretically possible. It is theoretically possible, and, and in that scenario, Taylor Horton Tucker would probably be the casualty yeah, just because he's, he's making the least amount of money. Yeah, well, also, like, he just isn't doesn't really have an impact on the team. I still can't see them cutting a second-round pick in their rookie year, like, yeah. when they've shown some stuff. Like, he's at least shown some stuff in the G League. Um, and, like, I was thinking either Cook or Dudley, but, like, Dudley is kind of an integral locker room figure. Yeah. Cook is also pretty close with a lot of guys in the locker room and is useful salary ballast in a trade this summer, you know, if you're packaging him with Kuz or whoever because he's on a two-year deal. So, yeah. like... I just I can't see them adding both like but you know I couldn't see them cutting DeMarcus Cousins either and they did that so they might surprise us that's the other thing that we have to explain that's on the table (laughs) them adding both would uh, that would be incredible Uh, Dion wait like the Lakers Rob Palenka being as like galaxy brain as he is sitting down stroking his chiseled chin and saying if we add 
both Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. I don't know if there's a team that can beat us in a seven-game series. Yeah, Kurt, uh, Kurt is standing there. Like, he's making the case for Dion. You know, Frank is making the case for J.R. And, <laughs> and Polinka uh, just tur- has had his chair turned this whole time to the, like, glass-facing the practice facility window. <laughs> and then he just turns around, and he's like, why not both? <laughs> With his copy of The Alchemist in hand. Yeah, exactly. And like a cat in his lap that he's just like stroking <laughs> menacingly. Um, Honestly, di- didn't um, I may be misremembering, mis- but didn't Rob Lowe uh, play number two in Austin Powers? I believe he did like a stunt double version or something in one cameo <laughs> scene. I, that sounds right. You've either like you've either like just implanted that in my brain now or that's something that really happened. But yeah. um <laughs> well, then we may have our Photoshop already done of Evil Genius Rob <laughs> Um I think that'll probably do it for this episode of Lakers Explained as Christian furiously Googles to figure out if he could find this thing. It is. Uh, yeah, it was him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, great memory. Um, these are the kind of things that we're really here to explain to you. Um, I hope that all of you enjoyed this. I hope all of you enjoyed the format. It wasn't too much of a departure um, from our normal stuff, but, you know, I had fun with this. Uh, I, you know, I enjoyed doing this with you and breaking this stuff down, Christian. Um, I guess, like, we will be back next week because now we have a weekly podcast. So, like, Christian and I are going to be doing this, and the Silver Screen Roll feed is daily once again. Alex and Alex will be back with you tomorrow for Taco Tuesday, and we will see if uh, the Lakers sign, you know, uh, Soup Man or Kobe Wade. And we will be back with you if they do. Bye.